Thank you. Well, it's lovely to be with, uh, with you again at New Beginnings Church. Um, if you could turn with me please to the book of Mark uh, and chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 is where we're going to be reading from uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to be starting in verse 46 and looking at the man Bartimaeus. So Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. And there we read, then they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and called and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know, every week, many times a week, I speak to children um, in schools and in churches and in community centres and whatever you, whenever you, whatever you can really think, I tell cho- children Bible stories. And you know, sometimes there's a real danger when you do it so often that you forget to go to the text and actually read the Bible. And you start to just tell the Bible story as it is on your head, in your head. So when we talk about people like Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus, when we talk about people like the prodigal son, we tend to just think that we know it really, really well, and we forget to go to the text, actually read what the Word of God says about these people. And it's important that we remember to do that, even with the passages that we think we know really, really well. We remember to go to them, and we remember to read them, because every time we do, we learn something new. There's no Bible verse which is simplistic where there's not some hidden truth. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is profitable for teaching, for correction. Uh, All scripture is something where we need to have our focus. And you know, even simple stories like the story of Bartimaeus, where you've probably heard it so many times if you grew up in a Sunday school, or or even just going to to school you may have heard this, this story, and we think that we know it. But actually the story of Bartimaeus is a message that we get wrong quite often. In today's sunny Bible message story, where people want to come to church to feel good about themselves, people want to come to church to have a nice positive message about the world around about them, and about the community that they live in, and about their lives. Bartimaeus is one of these stories where we sometimes get wrong, because we make it a little bit too fluffy. You know, when we talk about Bartimaeus, we quite often talk about him as a victim. We talk about him as someone with a disability. Someone who was not like everyone else. And Jesus comes along and Jesus raises Bartimaeus out of his blindness, out of his poverty, and he makes like everyone else. And sometimes that's the message we preach about Bartimaeus, that Jesus makes Bartimaeus like everyone else. And that's not the story. The story is not that Bartimaeus needed to be like everyone else. The story is everyone else needed to be like Bartimaeus. This blind man saw something that no one else did. This blind man recognised who this man coming through Jericho was. 
and he shouted out because he was desperate to meet him. He was different not because of his disability, but he was different because of his ability. The blind man recognised something that no one else did. And that's what we're going to think about this morning in these few verses. When we come to verse 46 in Mark chapter 10, we read that they came to Jericho. And we join the passage as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem. He's making his final journey towards Jerusalem. Everywhere he passes, he is passing for the last time. He's heading to the cross. Whoever, whatever he passes, he's passing for the last time. And on this journey, he's just encountered Zacchaeus. He's just had tea at Zacchaeus' house. He's now leaving Jericho. And as he comes out, he sees this man, Bartimaeus, and his blind friend. Bartimaeus would be forced to sit on the outside of Jericho. He wouldn't be allowed on the inside because beggars were kept on the outsides of the city. So Bartimaeus would be sitting on the outside of the city where all the beggars and all the outcasts were sent, hoping just to get some small piece of kindness from the people leaving the city or entering into the city. Just a little bit of bread thrown at them, just a little bit of money thrown at them. And every day Bartimaeus would sit just hoping for the kindness of passing strangers. The chance of Bartimaeus having any family to bring him any uh, money or, or food is quite remote. Chances are Bartimaeus is just left on his own and he sits there with his friend having to fend for, them, for himself. Mark tells us the meaning of the name Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Now, twice in the book of Mark similar names are mentioned. We've got Bartholomew and Barabbas. And when Bartholomew and Barabbas are, named, are, are mentioned, Mark doesn't tell us what those names mean. But when he tells us Barth, Bartimaeus, he says it means son of Timaeus. Bar means son of, and Timaeus means Timaeus. You can, you can work that one out ourselves. So Mark says this is the son of Timaeus. He draws our attention to the fact of what this man's name means. And what is the, the, the name Timaeus translated means is the honoured one. So Bartimaeus' name means son of the honoured one. This blind man, sitting outside Jericho, begging, his name is son of the honoured one. Does, does he sound like an honoured one to you? His name's one of, of prestige, isn't it? The son of the honoured one. But he doesn't look like a man of prestige. He doesn't look like a man of honour. But he looks like a man of shame and marginality. as he's kept on the margins. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth passing through, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy of me, on me. The news of Jesus passing through Jericho had reached even the blind men on the outskirts of the city. Even they knew that Jesus was coming. Even the outcasts and the city walls, they knew that the multitudes were coming, that they'd followed them out from the centre of Jericho, and there was an excitement and a buzz in the air as Jesus is starting to walk past Bartimaeus and his friend. The excitement of Christ being in their city is, is building up, and everyone who is following Christ is thrilled to see him. They're thrilled to hear him, and they're thrilled to be a part of this buzz in the city. But you know, Bartimaeus stands out from the crowd. And it's not his enthusiasm that makes him stand out for the crowd. Bartimaeus wouldn't be the only person shouting as Jesus is passing out of Jericho. Everyone would have been shouting. It's not his enthusiasm, but it's the title that Bartimaeus uses for Jesus. He calls him the son 
of David. No one else is calling him the son of David. But Bartimaeus recognizes something that no one else does. Bartimaeus recognizes that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the son of God. Bartimaeus knows all that. Mark starts off telling us that uh, in his book that this is the book of Jesus the Christ. When Peter, just a few chapters before, when, uh, when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? Jesus says, uh, Peter says, I am, you are the Christ. And Jesus says, tell no one. The fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is not a well-known piece of, piece of information. But Bartimaeus knows that. He recognises the messianic Davidic identity of Christ, which is another way of saying he recognises that he's the son of God come to save the world. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 12 um, we read when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers I will raise up your descendant after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom. David is, is, is desperate to build a temple some, some place where, we, where, where um, the, the, the children of Israel can worship God and God says to him when you're dead and you lie down someone's going to come out for you and he's going to build a kingdom different from any other, an eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. And Bartimaeus recognises that this Jesus is the one who's came to establish this kingdom that was promised to David. The whole of Israel seems to be blind to the truth of who Jesus is, that he's the Messiah come to seek and to save the lost. But Bartimaeus, the blind man, he can see it as clear as day. He knows exactly who he is. So he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Again and again, he's shouting out as loud as he can, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what do the crowd around about him do? They tell him to shut up. They rebuke him. They tell him to be quiet. What does Bartimaeus do? He shouts out all the more. Does that not make your blood boil when you read about the crowds telling Bartimaeus to be quiet? Rebuking him, keeping him away from Christ. You know, that makes my blood boil until I think about it a little bit deeper and then I start to think, do you know what, sometimes... I'm not any better than that crowd. The crowd is keeping Bartimaeus away from Christ. There are so many people in my life that I keep away from Christ because I never talk to them about Christ. I don't try and bring them to Christ. And if you don't try and bring them to Christ, you're as well as, you're just as, you're just as, it's just like you're rebuking them and keeping them back. Because you are God's tool for bringing people to, to Christ. It's our job to go and make disciples. It's our job to go and preach the gospel to every creature. When I think about neighbours and colleagues and friends that I've never told, that I've never talked to about Christ, I'm a, I'm a Christian worker. I, I spend all my time telling people about Christ. But there are some people that I don't know, I've not done it yet. And it brings shame on me when I think about opportunities that I've missed. And I think that I'm no better than that crowd. The crowds were, were convinced that Jesus wasn't interested or concerned in people like Bartimaeus. I wonder if we recognise that in our own life, that there are some people that we don't take the gospel to because we don't believe that Jesus has an interest in their life. When we walk past people begging in the streets, when we walk past people, when we, when we stand next to people on the bus stop and we don't take the opportunity to share Christ and to start a conversation with them because we're too ashamed. Or we're too busy. Or we feel like it's someone else's job. 
are there those who don't deserve the gospel? Of course there's not. Of course there's not. But I wonder if we're like, we're like those crowds that hold people back from the gospel. Bartimaeus, though, he couldn't be hushed. It didn't matter that people were rebuking him. He could not be held back. And he knew he, who was in front of him. And he would do whatever it took to see him. Because he knew that his, this opportunity might not come along again. You know, maybe you've been coming to New Beginnings Church for a few weeks or months or maybe even years and still you don't have a clear picture of who Christ is. Maybe you're starting to get this glimpse that the light is starting to shine in the darkness but still you don't know who he is. Let me implore you just to reach out and shout on him. Just to stretch out your hand. Don't let anything in your life or in your world hold you back. But go out and claim him. Because he is yours. He has died for you. What did Christ do with Bartimaeus when he heard this call? When Bartimaeus wouldn't be stopped, wouldn't be hushed, Jesus stopped and said, call him. When we cry out to Christ, this is what he does. He calls us. He brings us into his family. He brings us into salvation. He brings us into an eternity uh, with him. He brings us into a relationship with the Father. If we cry out to Christ, there's no maybe later. There's no try harder. There's come here. There's call him. Come to me. You know, the, the spirit has brought us all here. And we've been brought to the foot of the cross today. where We're looking up at Jesus Christ who's bore our sin. Who's bore our shame. And just wants us to reach out and touch him. Just wants us to call out to him like the blind man did just to have our eyes opened and to cast off the things of the world and focus on him so Jesus says call him and the crowd say cheer up on your feet Jesus is here go on up you get go and see the man he's calling you and Bartimaeus throws his cloak aside he jumps to his seat and he comes to Jesus it's quite a change in the crowd isn't it They're rebuking him, they're telling him to be quiet and all of a sudden, cheer up, on your feet, it's time to go, Jesus is here. The Bible doesn't tell us why this sudden change, but but we can infer what's perhaps happened here. They don't care about Bartimaeus. They're not happy because this blind man's life is about to be changed. They're happy because they're about to see a miracle. It's why they're following Jesus. They want to see one of these bona fide Jesus miracles that they've heard so much about. They want to see something amazing and miraculous happen. Perhaps they went all the way through Jericho looking for a miracle. They stopped at Zacchaeus and they thought, is he going to make him taller? Is he going to make him taller? And that never happened. They might be really disappointed that they've not seen a Jesus miracle up to this point. And then they see the blind man and they say, hold on. Something great's going to happen here. This man's going to see. And the crowd start to get excited as Bartimaeus comes forward. They're thrilled, not because here was a man ready to give his life to his master, but because they were going to see a miracle. You know, the crowd came to Jesus to be entertained. Bartimaeus came to Jesus to be changed. I wonder what we come to church for. I wonder why we come to Christ. Do Do we come here to be entertained? For an hour, for two hours, is this our entertainment of the week? Do we come here to get a sense of the spirit moving amongst other people? Or do we come here because we want to be changed? 
because we want to be more like Christ. Because we want to uh, to put our to, uh, because we want to be more like Christ. Because we want to be made perfect in the Spirit. Because we want to move towards perfection. Because we want to be more like the one who saved us. So many people go to church just for entertainment. There are so many churches in Scotland today where it's all entertainment. It's all smoke machines and, and light shows. And you wonder if those things were taken away, what will, be, what will be left? It can be a disheartening place to sometimes go to these churches. And, we, and, and I work with young people, I work with young Christians. And for them, church is entertainment. We don't come to church to be entertained. We come to church to be changed. That's why Bartimaeus wanted to meet Jesus. Bartimaeus throws off his cloak, he jumps to his feet and he walks towards the one who would change him. Not for the day, not for the week, but forever. And Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Probably a a silly question, isn't it? The man's blind. What else is he going to want? What what, what else could he possibly ask for? But you know, we have to recognise our need before we come to Jesus. I share the gospel with so many people telling them about Jesus and and, and they recognise who God is and they recognise who Jesus is and they recognise that there's power in the name of Jesus and they recognise that there's power in the cross but what I can't bring them to terms with is their own need for that power. Their own need to be rescued from their sin. Their own need that there's a, a problem in their life that needs to be changed, that needs to be healed. Only the Holy Spirit can take people on that journey. Only the Holy Spirit can shine that light. But we have a great need to be rescued from our sin, to be brought to Christ. Jesus asked him, what, what do you want me to do for you? You know, we heard this question in chapter 10 already earlier on in, the, in, in this chapter. John and James asks for a seat in his kingdom, asks to be sat at the right hand side eh, of Christ when he enters into his kingdom. They think that they can gain this seat by right, by work. But Bartimaeus knows better. He's ready to rely firmly and solely on Christ's grace. He knows that he can only be changed by Christ's grace. He can't earn it. He can't deserve it. He can't drink of the cup that Christ was going to drink of. He can't be baptised in the baptism that Jesus was going to be baptised in. He can only be saved by grace. And the blind man says, Rabbi... I want to see. Bartimaeus, he recognised his need and he wanted Christ to meet that need. Do we recognise our need that we need to be lifted out of sin? Because the gospel will have no power and no attraction until we recognise our position before God. Bartimaeus calls Jesus Rabbi, meaning Master. Ready, meaning you're the teacher, you're the Master, I'll follow you. Bartimaeus made this statement before Jesus agreed to take away his blindness. Bartimaeus was ready to follow Christ even if he had to do it blind. Bartimaeus, his attitude towards Christ wasn't dependent on him gaining something. It was dependent on who Christ was. Jesus says, go. Your your faith has, has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed him along the road. It was his faith that healed him. 
It wasn't his works, it was his faith. It's the same for us. We are only saved by grace through faith. We come to Jesus in, in faith, in repentance and faith. Repentance saying that I don't want to live the life that I'm living anymore. I don't want to live for myself, but I want to live for you. And I'm going to follow after you. And we come in faith saying that I can't do this on my own. I can only do it through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ who has defeated sin and defeated death by the cross and the resurrection. You know, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, who's a, a commentator that I like to, to, to read, uh, he says that the only limitation to God's omnipotence is unbelief. The only limitation to God's omnipotence is unbelief. The only thing that will stop you, oh sorry, the only thing that will connect you to God is faith. It's the only thing that connects us. We need to have faith in Christ. And that faith connects us to God. That faith brings us into a relationship with him. And that faith saves us. It's the power of the cross that gives Christ the authority over sin and death. But without faith, it can do nothing. Jesus Christ died for the world. The sins of the world are paid for. There is no sin in this world that has not been paid for, that has not been atoned for. But not everyone has accepted that gift that's been, that's been paid, that price that's been paid. Because they don't have faith. They don't place their faith in that finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and they are left lost. Your sins are paid for. Your shame is paid for. Christ has done it all. He bore the price that we can't even contemplate. All we have to do is come to him and put our faith in him. We need to be people of faith just like Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was changed. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us, For grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no man may boast. This gift is here for us this morning. It's here for the community in Middiesburn. It's here for the whole world. And we have to go out with that message. And we have to go out with this gift. And we have to tell people that they can have a life, of a life in eternity, a relationship with God, if they would only come to him in faith. Verse 52, the, the last words that Jesus says to, to Bartimaeus, he says, go. He says, go. He doesn't say, come. He doesn't say, follow me, like he said to so many. He didn't say that. He said, he said go. There was no command to follow him. Bartimaeus could have went anywhere that he wanted. He could have went and got a job. He could have went into the centre of Jericho. He could have went and found his family, his friends, whoever it was that he might have. His life was, was changed. Suddenly, a man who had no options, who had no freedom, who had no liberty, suddenly has everything. He can go anywhere that he wants and do anything that he wants to do. But his eyes have been opened and the first person that he sees is Christ. And he says, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to follow you. He could have went wherever he want. But he opens his eyes and he sees, saw Jesus. And when you see Jesus, it changes you. When you encounter Jesus and you encounter his grace and you encounter his mercy and his love and his kindness, you can't help but follow him. There is no going back to the old ways of life. Because we've found better. We found real joy. We found real truth. We found real love. We don't find these things in the world. So we follow after Jesus. You know, there might be some here who have encountered Christ. 
who've had their eyes open to Jesus but can't stop going back to the old way of life are trapped and ensnared by Satan and by our sins and by our sinful natures this isn't how we're supposed to be we are supposed to be new creations therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come if we're in that place where we keep going back to the old ways of life we need to fix our eyes on Jesus we need to open our eyes we need to step into the light and fix our gaze on him the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith we are supposed to be new creations we are supposed to follow him praise God that Bartimaeus pursued Jesus that day that nothing would hold him back that no one would hold him back there were many in that crowd that would have been sick who didn't cry out to Jesus there would have been many who needed comfort but held back there would have been many who who needed rescued but just let him pass on by Christ never came back to Jericho Christ never passed those buildings, those people ever again. He was heading to his death. He was heading to the cross. Bartimaeus regained his sight only to see Jesus, the son of David, murdered on a cross a week later. What do we see when we look at the cross? Do we see a life wasted? Or do we see a king exalted? Do we see our salvation Do we see our hope? Do we see our future? Yes, Christ died on the cross, but three days later he rose from the dead. And today he sits at God's right hand side and he intercedes on our behalf. He's got a great affection for you and for me. He loves us. He's given himself for us. Let's fix our eyes on him and let's go with him, not go against him. Let's open our eyes and see this great love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my all. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had in your word this morning, and we thank you for the testimony of Bartimaeus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this blind man had had his eyes opened by the Spirit, and Father, we pray for that for each and every one of us this morning, that our eyes may be opened, that we might have a, a, a clear picture of who Christ is and all that he has done for us. Father, I pray that that if there's anyone here who has never taken Christ as their saviour, that this morning they will recognise their great need. They will recognise that Christ has paid the price for them. That their sin and their shame have been dealt with and they just need to come to him in repentance and faith. Father, take away the barriers that are stopping them from doing this. And Father, we pray, Lord, for anyone here who has had their eyes open but continues to slide back into the darkness, Father. Again, just fix our eyes on him, that we would know this great love that's been shown for us. Father, we pray, Lord, that we would be children who would walk in the light and would shun the darkness. Father, help us to take this responsibility seriously. Help us to be people who don't rebuke, who don't hold back, but people who bring the lost to you. Father, we thank you again for our time in your word this morning. Just bless this word to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.